Welcome to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where He pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. reading today is written in 1 John chapter 5 verses 1 to 12. Faith wins the victory. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact this is love for God, to keep his commands And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater, because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him God has made him out to be a liar, because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do plan, we do pray that you break Caesar's power over much of the world and uh, we thank you that you do do that by your love and by your word, by your promises, uh, even through us, working through us. So we pray, Lord, that you'd speak now to each person in a way that they can grab hold of and uh, take into their spirit, into their soul, into their, their life so that love wins the day again. So be with us now as we spend a bit of time, second last time in the first John. In Jesus' name, amen. So friends, as we've heard these last whatever weeks, eight weeks, seven weeks, um, John's made some pretty big claims in this little tiny letter. So small, but so power-packed. And he's made some pretty big claims to his people who are probably smaller communities around the Middle Eastern area, around the Mediterranean, who are struggling on as we ourselves uh, normal everyday people struggling on and he's spoken about who try, he's trying to speak about who Jesus really is um, 
and he's trying to bear witness to what he himself and the others actually saw and heard and touched and felt you know in this Messiah this this Jesus of Nazareth the son of God and um, he's trying to convince us all that he actually is the hope of the world and he is hope for your day and he's hope for your life all of your life that's what he's trying to do and he's done a pretty good job he's proclaimed incredibly that um, God has kind of started again uh, in the coming of this Messiah a new creation you remember at the beginning there's a whole new start that's happened the day that death died that resurrection Sunday there's now a whole new creation and a whole new community in the old creation the church that is now founded sustained by held together in grace uh, received by faith not law done by being good but grace received on trust that's how this community rolls this is what the fabric of it is and he's trying to repeatedly show what this actually means for your life every day in the small and in the big over and over again and of course mainly for John as we know his favorite word love agape love self-giving self-sacrificing love God's love so he's been doing that for a long time now how's it going is he getting to you are you getting sick of hearing about love you know, when I read first John I get sick of the word it's it's everywhere it's all the time anyway he starts to wrap up his letter and he wants to really seal the deal I think to try and convince you uh, so he now goes to this rather interesting little courtroom scene this little mode this courtroom mode to kind of sh to try and shore up the truth and give huge encouragement of everything he's been saying so you can rise to faith and you can rise to believe and you can rise to your preferred and promised future and all of this so you can love mm. so the world can see him through you so John's been saying that he has seen God's future you remember he's seen the future and it works well he's seen the future he's seen God's future and it works because God's done the work in Jesus so he's that's where he began and John saw and heard and touched this future in the presence of the Messiah Jesus the anointed one and Jesus began this promised new age not the old age or the now age but the new age spoken of by prophets priests and kings for hundreds and hundreds of years before Christmas Day and John has dealt with this besetting problem that we all have he's real the problem of self-deception we just cannot see God clearly and we can't even see ourselves clearly to know but not do to believe but not love to be forgiven but to withhold forgiveness to say we have faith but to not do faith namely in John's language love but then of course John has shone a very big spotlight on the gift of the lavish love of God and his forgiveness that we are children of God he says born of God and the forgiveness of God that's always available 24 7 for the deepest darkest sin 
or the most hurtful, piercing shame. Always available, readily available for any lover struggling to love. And John says that Jesus did it all, said it all, suffered it all. He did enough for life to actually be lived in the embrace of grace. Undeserved love and favour. Undeserved. He says it's possible, doable, because we can always, at any moment, return to love. The Father's love for his children. And this happens when wrongs are simply recognised and handed over to the one who's done all the right. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God. So John has urged people to not give their heart to the world, the godlessness in this beautiful world, to not give our heart to those things, to not give our heart to the anti-Messiah will that stills battling on inside of us every day and to not give our heart to the anti-Messiah himself in any way, shape or form, but to allow God's loving heart to shape our heart and live it and do it. And John's urged his people to force their way back to faith, as Luther beautifully put it in his comments, to wrap off those covers of the world, the devil and the flesh, Luther's way of expressing this, so that we get back to faith, we get back to hope and back to joy. The covers are on the floor and it's just us and our Heavenly Father again. John's urged his people to force their way back to faith and he's helped them remember that we are not the ones who are surrounded and outgunned. No, we are not that way. You, dear children, are from God, born of God, and you have overcome them all already because, not because of you, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Doesn't look like it, doesn't feel like it, but that is the truth. And that is where faith and love come from, the truth. So John has revealed to us that the world's only chance of acknowledging, understanding, hearing, receiving the Father's love is by our love. That's why he relentlessly bangs on about love. It's not just about us. It's about the world. God sent his son into the world to love the world, not condemn the world. And he's got a people to do it. It's a lot to take in, isn't it? Expansive, vast, cosmic, timeless. It's huge. So he said all these things and they're pretty hard to trust. And John has said this, he's real. It's very hard to trust all of this when you are surrounded by three things. Remember? When you are surrounded by false teaching slash teachers. Very confusing. It's really hard to believe this when your day is horrible and you are suffering. It's hard. And it's quite difficult and growing, it seems, in our 21st century Western world when we are disliked or even possibly hated because of the gospel we carry. John knows this, as do his people. So John takes us to a courtroom. 
to really try and seal the deal today. And he calls upon three witnesses in the courtroom, as you heard. The water, the blood, and the spirit. What do you make of those? He says, who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is God. That's you and me. This is the one who came by water and blood. Jesus Messiah. He didn't come by water only, but by water and blood. This sounds important. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. So, the one who witnessed, think about this, the one who witnessed the actual water and blood flowing from the side of a dead man on a cross. He was there. He's now calling you to listen to the water and the blood by the power of the Spirit. One of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water, John says in 19 of his Gospel. Now what does that all mean there? Surely the when John puts that in his gospel, he's saying Jesus was really dead. I mean, he was completely dead. And why is that important? Because if he was dead, that means he's completely human. Jesus is human and he is God. And this is the atoning sacrifice that rips those covers off. The pall of death that's hung over the world is now able to be pushed off. So that's one way of hearing those words, the water and the blood. But most see that this is not the main thing that John is referring to when he uses this strange business, water and blood, in this courtroom scene as witnesses. What do you think they are? I don't know. Here's what some people say. The main thing, the water is referring to that day in the Jordan where there was water, because it's a river, and John, the other John, the baptizer, baptized Jesus in the Jordan to inaugurate his mission. So that's the water, that's the witness he calls. Jesus was baptized and began this mission. What's the blood? Well, that's the other end, isn't it? That's the blood on the wood and on the sand by the blows, by the crown on the head and all of that. The blood is the cross and all that Jesus eventually did to achieve his world-shifting victory that covers darkness and surrounds it and outguns it. So this is crucial for John. This is not just theory because as we've learnt over the last few weeks, they've got some seriously false people wandering around their community. They've got one group of people saying that Jesus isn't really human. He sort of... Uh, he sort of was indwelt by a spiritual messiah spirit thing when he was born and that spirit messiah thing left him before he died which is why he cried out my god my god why have you forsaken me so jesus wasn't really human he was just kind of like a, a mode in different modes the other side of the false teaching is the opposite well he wasn't really god he was an excellent prophet did amazing things, said some good things, but unfortunately met his untimely end. And let me share with you some other secret ways that you can find the mystery of God in your life. 
That's called Gnosticism. Anyway, none of this is how it is for John. From go to woe, from river to cross, from baptism to supper, this Jesus is human. This Jesus is God. And he did what it took for death to be surrounded and outgunned. So in Jesus, there is truth in the world, thankfully. And this truth, and you're sitting here, and you are witnesses to it, produces faith and love. That's the church. But who carries this word to us? Who gets it into our ears and into our hearts? Well, that's easy. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is truth. So the Holy Spirit is the third witness in this courtroom drama. The water, the blood and the Spirit. And it is the Spirit that brings everything that Jesus has said and done and makes it flow through our veins. And there's one more way, possibly, and you might have hinted already, to hear John, why he, what's, what's he saying with this water and blood business? And especially the early Christian, uh, early church leaders like John Chrysostom, he immediately saw that it's talking about baptism and the Lord's Supper. Makes a lot of sense. Water, blood. Yeah, I like it. Of course. These are the means by which the Holy Spirit sustains us, nourishes us, calls us, gathers us, enlightens us week by week by week by week in this long journey of faith. So think about that. We have three witnesses, water, blood, spirit, witnessing to the love of a three-in-one God, Father, Son and Spirit, to sustain us in the three realities of the Christian life, faith, love and obedience. Can you put that on a whiteboard? Water, blood, spirit, Father, Son, Spirit, faith, love, obedience. How clever is John? Amazing. Anyway, are you convinced? Does this do anything for you today? In your day? Whatever your day is looking like? Has John clinched the deal for you? In all that surrounds you, in all that seems to outgun you, and all that makes you fear, fearful more than faith-filled, has his word today and in the last weeks helped you rise to faith in Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God? Has it helped you receive the love of the man for you? Not your granddad or your mum or your kids. You. Love of God for you. And has it helped you embrace that love by doing it, living it, in all kinds of ways. Foundation of your very life and all your decisions, all your business decisions, all your retirement decisions, all your marriage decisions, all your family decisions, this love at the bedrock. Faith, love and obedience. Anyway, the courtroom witnesses are doing their best to urge you on to this today in all your relationships, in all your work, in all your plans, in all your contributions to the world while you are here, because one day you won't be. This is the place where the future, the promised and preferred future, is actually playing out in your life. Here and now is where the Holy Spirit, the water and the blood 
are carrying you, together with all those who have dipped their robes in the blood of the Lamb, which John also sees in the book of Revelation, gathered around the throne of grace, finally, finally, to see Jesus in all of his fullness and at the same time, as John says, to be completely surprised that all of the rotten stuff I went through in this life and all of the good stuff, I've ended up more like Jesus than I ever knew I was. And I'm amazed at God's grace. That's what he says it's going to be. I'm looking forward to that day. Can you trust today, friend, that you are indeed born of God, no matter how rotten you've been or how shame you've felt? You are born of God today, uh, fathered by God, no less. Uh, there's uh, three young people who are going to be baptised today, two primary school age boys and a teenager girl going to be baptised at 10.30. Uh, they've been taught that they will be born of God today. When was your baptism? When were you born of God? It hasn't rubbed off. It's all good. And because you are fathered by God himself, no less, you know and you love the Son. That's what John says. And by his power and grace, you, even you, you have a smidge of faith. And here you are. And because of that, obeying him, doing his work, his will in the way, in the world, that's not a burden. It's a delight. Just like it is for anybody you love. You love to serve them. You love to do stuff for them. Because you love them. And they know you love, they love you. John says his commands are not burdensome, friends. For every person born of God overcomes all the world's bad stuff. So we have a, we've overcome this far, 156 years of St. Petri Congregation, I think. Here we are still. It's a long time. We're still here. We've overcome thus far. And we shall overcome, as the old song says, when we finally see Jesus as he fully is. Is it any wonder that Jesus can say those words, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy, burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my burden upon you and learn from me. It's easy because I'm gentle and I'm humble and you will find rest today. Ah, the Lord Jesus can say that because he knows, as John beautifully says, whoever has the Son has life. So we have. In the name of Christ, amen. Heavenly Father, convince us of this love for this life. In Jesus' name, amen. For listening, Pastor Adrian serves at St. Petri Lutheran Church, New York, Barossa Valley, South Australia. St. Petri.org.au